Hello and welcome to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio, EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. My name is Patrick Rice. I'm joined with my co-host and brother in Christ, Dan Demite. What's up, Patrick? And Dan, I'm really excited for this episode because we have none other than the Mr. Jeff Cavins. Yes, Jeff that's is, great. has been a leader of, um, of, of scripture, of media, of evangelization, and I'm so excited to hear his testimony. And um, yeah, before we do that and just get into this time that we really want to honor this man of God, can you lead us in prayer? Yeah, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, Lord, we just thank you and we praise you for what you're doing in the church today. We thank you for great revivalists like Jeff and the way he's brought the scriptures alive for us as Catholics. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, multiply the the fruit of his hands. Lord, just allow him to bear more abundant fruit in his life. And Lord, I pray that you would raise up more missionary disciples, that um, we wouldn't look to um, figures in the church and say, wow, they're just so amazing. But we would look to figures in the church and say, Lord, I want you to accomplish in my life what you've accomplished in their life. Lord, I pray that you would raise up more leaders in the faith, more leaders in our church. Come Holy Spirit, raise up a generation of priests, prophets, and kings, Lord. And Father, I, I pray that the uh, that the words of Romans eight twenty eight that God works the good for those who love him, will just be on our hearts. That promise will be yes and amen. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How how you doing today? I'm really good. Awesome. Um, I didn't sleep well last night, but that's okay. I slept amazing last night, so I'll just give you some... Guess what? God's going to work the good (laughs) for those who love him, so I'm going to get good from this. It's called mercy, Dan. (laughs) Greatness. (laughs) So that's it. Like, um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to guess, Dan, that most of our, our listeners know the name Jeff Cavins. What do you think they would associate his name with? Bible study. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, like boring Bible studies or adventurous. No, Bible the great studies. adventure Bible study, man. The great adventure. The great Bible adventure. Study. I love like, just that. High adventure. Yeah, exactly. That, you know. It's like the CYSC of Bible studies, right? Yeah. So I run Catholic yeah. Youth Summer Camp, and our, our mission is, is just to present um, a faith that is a high adventure, right? And that, that we would live the adventure of our Catholic faith. And I just love that idea that this is, unless we see the um, the church and our, our life as disciples as a great adventure, we totally miss the mark, right? Because I'm not going to have an expectation for the book of Acts to be rev- like revealed in my own life if I don't actually see the faith as that adventure. Like if I see the faith as a set of rules and customs and uh, just structure and order, then I've missed the mark on the spontaneity of the Trinity. Like the, Dan, the Trinity is spontaneous love. Dan, that wasn't just a Holy Spirit anointed word. That was a Holy Ghost anointed word. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know when people say like, the Holy Ghost, it puts this extra on it, you know? <laughs> it adds credibility. I feel the same way. And you know, one of my favorite quotes from um, St. Teresa of Avila is, or it's a prayer. She said, Lord, save us from sour-faced saints. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I just want a release of joy in the church that we would have fun, that we would have fun in ministry. Like, and and that actually, well, years ago, Patrick, you said... Uh, 
you know, like, I'm not going to, we're not going to keep doing Encounter Radio if it stops being fun, <laughs> you know? I and like, did. And, yeah. like, I think there's just so much, like, wisdom in that of, like, let's have fun. And if we get to the point where we've plateaued in joy, uh, then we've probably missed the mark. And, and that, uh, of course, like, there's times in, in our, our spiritual life where, you know, you, you've got to, like, persevere and have uh, grit and stuff like that. But we're not living in a persecuted church in America, really. Like, uh, uh, we, we have the opportunity to just be joyful, released disciples. I want to be like St. Lawrence, who was like, you know, turn me over, I'm done. Yeah, this that yeah. guy was having fun. Even in that he moment, he's like, this is great, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so Dan... If my martyrdom's not fun, I'm not getting martyred. <laughs> <laughs> I'll enjoy that. Yeah, I, I just yeah. I've been praying just uh, that that the Lord would allow us to to lay our lives down with just complete joy in this time. Right, that that's what's going to really compel people to the gospel. Yeah, we could talk about joy, but is it biblical? Because Jeff Cavins is all about the mm, Bible. Mm, where is that in Scripture? Yeah, where is that in the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the Great Adventure Bible Studies is 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 really what Jeff, uh, one of his staples that he's brought to the church and so many uh, thousands and thousands of Catholics have gone through that to understand the power of salvation history. And listeners, you are a part of salvation history, that right now you are part of God's saving plan, that you share in the work of the Redeemer, uh, that the Redeemer is is bringing all uh, uh, of, of the fallen away children back to the Father in and through our life with Christ, which is so exciting. Oh, yeah. And this one time, Dan and I were leading a conference together, and basically, like, the title of the conference was Acts chapter 2000 and whatever year it was, oh, yeah, like, yeah, 17. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all about, like, you're in the book of Acts. Exactly. Acts 2017, or I think it was back in 2017. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, yes. And I've pretty much used that at every talk I've given. Oh, yeah. I, so, always, I always say, how many chapters are in the book of Acts? And people are like, uh, I'm like, 2018, right? Like, whatever yeah. year it is, that's how many chapters are in the book of Acts. This is our great adventure. Well, yep. so, Patrick, like, uh, we're going to hear... Jeff's testimony and kind of just hear a story of uh, of hope, I think, for yeah. for the yep. church today. What do you want to say about that? I want to say that um, if you're listening to this and you have a loved one that's left the church for whatever reason, um, this is probably the most hopeful, like, returning story I've, I've, I've heard in a long time. And I, I believe there's a lot of power in Jeff's testimony and that... Um, you know, we're living in a time where there's so much discouragement. Like, what what are the stats? It's like, you know, 50% of uh, people that are raised Catholic, yeah, 50% of people that are raised Catholic are no longer are no longer practicing their faith today, are no longer actually identifying as Catholic. And then, of those 50%, 79 leave the church by age 23. And this is exactly what Jeff did. And I know this is going to be part of his story. He's going to be talking about it. So, um. If you have lot, you know, if there's someone that's left the faith and you're just despairing, I, I, I want you to stick around and just see what kind of wisdom and hope you can pull from this. That's yeah, what I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm not going to give it away, Dan. That's I know, cheating. I know, I know. I don't want to go to hell. Okay? <laughs> no, there, there's just so much hope in in, in, uh, in this testimony we're going to hear. So, listeners, yeah, like don't. I think you know. I think sometimes we can. Um, we we can we can just start to panic and and think that everything depends on us as opposed to trusting that everything depends on the spirit you know like we're like oh man like what have i done wrong what what i have to do to get my kid back into the faith and and we become uh so self-dependent and uh as opposed to relying on the spirit to just like 
Lord, I'm asking you to move mountains, and that's what you do. You move mountains. And so no matter where your children are or no matter where you are in your relationship with the Lord, if you need mountains moved, let's just start asking God to move the mountains and speak to those mountains and declare that they would be moved in in people's lives. And uh, so if your children have fallen away, I just want you to pray um, right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just... I just pray that you would bring my child back to the faith, and I trust completely in you. I trust completely in your providence, in your timing, in your plan. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's so good, Dan. We're, so we're going to take a break. You're listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio, uh, EW10 Radio, and carried across the EW10 Global Catholic Radio Network. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have Jeff Cavins on the show. Stay tuned. It's time for your favorite EWTN program, but there's no radio? No problem. Download the EWTN app at EWTN.com slash mobile and enjoy on-demand live streams of your favorite EWTN radio and TV shows right now. More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchak. More to Life is about living the Catholic difference in our marriages, our families, the way we approach life in general. It's about celebrating life and our Catholic faith and discovering all the ways God wants to bless us and help us be a blessing to others. More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchak. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Mother Angelica. We have to get back into our hearts and minds the value of life. If you don't care about the unborn, I don't think you're going to care about the elderly. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Hello and welcome back to Encounter. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I am so excited to have Jeff Cavins on the show. Jeff is a nationally and internationally known public speaker, author, and Bible teacher. Uh, he's he's written many, many books. He's part of the Great Adventure Bible Study. I don't think he needs any more of an introduction for our listeners. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be with you. Yeah. So, Jeff, I'm really interested. Can you just tell us, um, tell the listeners, you know, how you came to faith in Jesus? We want to hear the major moves of God in your life. Sure. Well, you know, I was raised in an average Catholic home in Minnesota, and I was probably an average kid, you know, going to Mass every week, and um, we would pray before meals, and we would pray a uh, uh, Hail Mary and, and a, uh, you know, the, the Lord's Prayer before going to bed at night, and uh, everything was kind of normal, but uh, I, by the time I was probably about a sophomore in high school, started really searching for God, and I didn't know it at the time, but I was searching for God, and I was looking into uh, Eastern meditation, uh, of course, the, the Bob Dylan, the Beatles were all, uh, you know, big into some of these Eastern things and talking about them, and, and I read uh, books on uh, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the Bhagavad Gita, and these types of, these types of books, and uh, and I just kept, you know, seeking and seeking, and and it was really my first year in college that uh, I met this young lady, uh, who's my wife now, and uh, I was immediately attracted to her and convinced her to to uh, go out with me. At first, she didn't really want to, but I didn't know that she was a a 
a born-again Christian. She was uh, on fire for the Lord and came from a family that was serving the Lord and had made a conscious decision to serve God. And I ended up going out with her, and that night she she told me all about her relationship with Jesus and what Jesus meant to her. And that really impressed me to find somebody that was 17, 18 years old that uh, that had that serious relationship with the Lord. And so uh, every day after after school, after college, I would go over to her house, and her mother, Alice, would uh, open up this old blue Schofield Bible and start talking to me about a relationship with Jesus. And this just really, really bore witness in my heart that this was what God was calling me to. And at, at that time, I didn't really distinguish between uh, what she was talking about and my own Catholicism. I I guess I, I just kind of thought that we're Catholic, but that doesn't really mean a lot in terms of your own mm-hmm. personal relationship with God. It's just sort of we're Catholic, you know? Uh, and so this seemed like a, a, a new relationship. And so I just went on for, for quite a few weeks, and uh, to make a long story short, I was driving home one night, and I pulled over on the side of the road, and I asked Jesus to come into my life, not realizing at that time that that Jesus had come into my life when I was baptized as a baby, because um, I didn't, uh, nothing was followed up on that baptism. I didn't mm-hmm. know, and I didn't know anything. And so I got, I got, you know, up to the side of the road, and I, I prayed, and something happened to me that night. And I know now I'm, I was simply saying yes to the baptismal promise mm-hmm. that, you know, that we we uh, took on when we were baptized. But uh, I thought that the whole world had changed at that point, and I went home, and I, my mother noticed I probably looked a little different and said, what happened to you? And I told her, thinking she was going to be really excited that I had been born again. They know that these were the words that Emily's mother used, born again, saved. And uh, my mom wasn't really excited about that. <laughs> she was wow. saying, what, what happened to you? And, and I told her, I said, uh, Mom, I, I became a Christian. And she said, well, don't say that. She said, you, you've always been a Christian. You were baptized Catholic. And, and I said, well, I don't, I don't know what happened to me when I was baptized, but I do know what happened to me tonight. And it was, you know, funny because it was that night in February of 1977 that I knew beyond all shadow of doubt that I would be spending the rest of my life telling people about Jesus and scripture. And I don't know why yes. I knew that, but I just knew it. And that was the beginning for me of my kind of my adult conversion and uh, beginning to serve Christ. Wow. Can I just pause right there, Jeff? Like that's the, I mean, the, the thing that came to my mind is the Hebrews 4.12, that the word of God is living and effective, sharper than a two-edged sword. And that's what you're, you're, then not your then not yet wife was just sharing the word of God in, in her faith. And that faith was stirring up that grace that you already received. So man, praise God right. for her uh right. man, her boldness and courage. This is awesome. Well it, it, what you're saying is so true, and that is that uh and this is something we need to remember as Catholics, is that scripture is sharper than any two edged sword, that scripture is different than any other book in the world. And the words that are used in Scripture are different than any other human's words. They are God's words, and they are powerful. And they, they themselves can do something. You know, as the prophet said, that 
uh, so will my word be that goes forth from me. It will accomplish that which I, I desire. So it is powerful and active, and we need to kind of unleash the word when we're talking with people. Yes, and then that, like right there, planted that planted the seed because the in in the parable of the sower, the seed is the word of God, and so right. man, you got commissioned in 1977 through the gift of faith in your car, and wow, praise the Lord! So, what happened next? What, what was the next major move? Well, the next the next move for me was actually the next day. I went to a bookstore because I wanted to get a Bible, just like uh, Emily's mother, <laughs> and. Uh, and I didn't know that there were different kinds of Bibles. I didn't know that there were translations. So I went to the bookstore, and I told the lady at the counter that I had been born again. You know, I was kind of happy about it, and she looked at me like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> and uh, I said, I'd like, to, I'd like to get a Bible. And she goes, well, here they are over here. And I didn't even know there were translations, so I just got one that was basically the size of, of uh, Alice, Alice's Bible. And then I immediately, as a good Catholic growing up, brought it over to our local parish priest because I— was under the impression that things don't work until they get blessed. And so I wasn't going to read it until that thing was kind of, you know, supercharged. And oh, I yeah. went to the Father and <laughs> said, would you bless my Bible? And he goes, well, we don't really, doesn't really need it. You know, I mean, it's pretty powerful on its own. And, and so he did it anyway. <laughs> and from that day on, I started reading the Bible. And I, I consumed it. I read it over and over. And in fact, I couldn't even go back to my college classes. I would sit in the hallway outside of uh, my classes reading this book, this Bible that I couldn't get an, enough of. And a few a few months went by, and and I, I started to take more of an interest in Emily, you know, as a more serious relationship. And she wasn't quite there, so I I decided that I was going to go to Bible school, Bible college in Dallas, Texas. And this was going to be my first real move away from home. And uh, so I started making plans to uh, to leave and to go down in the fall to, to Texas. And at that point, Emily kind of became attracted to me because I was serious about the Lord. And and so we ended up we ended up going out, and then we ended up getting engaged. And then we took off for Dallas, Texas, where we studied Scripture for a couple of years. And and I just really grew in our in our faith. And for me, though, what I wanted to do with my life and scripture is I wanted to I wanted to be in radio and television. So I returned back to the Twin Cities and went to broadcasting school and uh, graduated from there, and then ended up in radio in North Dakota, and that's where I officially left the Catholic Church. Wow! <laughs> so in the school in Dallas, this was like a Bible Protestant school, right? Yes. Yeah. Very. And, very. And- uh, Spirit-filled, charismatic. Uh, they produce pastors and missionaries, and and all of the famous uh, Protestant singers will go through this school and uh, and come. It's a, it's quite a big deal. Um, so <laughs> you got you you got up there. You left the church. You're on radio. Then what happened next? Well, yeah, I was, I was in radio in North Dakota. It was a regular um, country in the morning and rocking at night and. And I, I wanted I, I, I wanted to do more with uh, with studying scripture and more with the, the faith, and so I ended up leaving in real old fashion. I, uh, I went to an open service where Bishop uh, Driscoll from Fargo came over to Valley City, North Dakota, to hold what's called an open service, where it's not a mass, but he's fielding questions from the people of the of the town of Valley City, North Dakota, and I I was frustrated. 
And uh, I was going to the Assembly of God Church at the same time uh, on, you know, Wednesday nights, and I'd pray with them, and we'd go to jail ministries and things like that. And uh, I, I visited the bishop at this meeting, and I, rose my, I raised my hand to ask a question, and, and I kind of lost it. <laughs> I, I started to tell him that I had had it with the Catholic Church, and of course the place was very quiet at that point. And uh, I clapped my hands, stopped my feet, and I screamed literally from this day forward, I'm not Catholic, and I walked out. Whoa. And the, frustra- the frustration was really with my mom and dad and my sisters, and, and I, I, just, I just didn't feel at that time that, that there were any Catholics who were serious about Scripture, prayer, hospitality, missions, uh, the miracles, the, you know, supernatural. Of course, I was wrong, but that was, that was you know, my situation at the time. And I, I, left, I left that night, and as I was walking out of the church, the bishop clapped his hands, and he said, I want to talk to you later. Well, he did, he did later. It was, yesterday, it was the next morning. He met me out at a convent, which I went out to every morning to pray with nuns, and they were charismatic. And I went up to the front door, and he did not go back to Fargo. He stayed there at that convent at the priest quarters, and he wanted to talk to me, and he told me, he said, he said come on in. And I, I was nervous. I thought he was going to give me one of those cards, you know, go to hell, do not pass, go collect, or anything. <laughs> and uh, so I, he said, I said, I'm going to tell you three things. And first of all, I heard my story. And then he said, I'm going to tell you three things. He said, number one, uh, the journey you're on is of God. And I thought, well, praise the Lord, somebody, you know, sees this. Number two, he said, I'm going to call you uh, Little Newman. I didn't know what that meant. I, I had never heard of anybody by the name of Newman except for Al Newman from Mad Magazine. And well, you I didn't know about John Henry Newman me or something, you know. And then he said, "Number three, well, he said he said you remind me of Cardinal Newman. You have a love for scripture." But number three, he pointed at me and he said, "Mark my words." He said, "One day you're going to return to the Catholic Church, and when you do, you're going to teach your people." And I said, "I well, don't think so." <laughs> And I ended up uh, getting up and walking out, and and it was not too long after that that I moved to Pella, Iowa. Was continuing in radio, and uh, from there I went back to uh, school and became uh, an ordained pastor. In, uh, Wait, so, in, so really quick, did you recognize that this bishop was basically prophesying over you at the time, or not? Uh, at, at the t- I knew I knew it sounded like that because I was in charismatic circles and I knew what prophecy yeah. was about and word of knowledge and those types of things. So, yeah, I, 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 it, it hit me that way, but I denied it. I was like, no, forget yeah. it. No, it's not. That isn't God. And You're it, like, I don't it, receive it, that. And Yeah, yeah, I don't receive <laughs> behind me. <laughs> and the, um, it didn't hit me until my first day of teaching at Franciscan University, which we're moving forward now, you know, about uh, later when I came back, and I told a little bit of my story on the first day of class, and I, I quoted the bishop and what he said, and suddenly it, it hit me real strong, real powerful, that God had given me his word through that bishop years ago, and here I was now teaching Catholics at a Catholic university. What an amazing bishop. I just What was his name? Do you know? Driscoll. Do you remember? Yeah, Driscoll from Fargo. Bishop it, Driscoll. Lord bless Bishop Driscoll. Jesus name. That's so yeah, good. Yeah, so a, before you get to Franciscan, so you, you went to, um, you, you got ordained into what denomination? It was called the Open Bible Standard Church. I was an associate of evangelization. And um, 
uh, I worked with them. I was ordained with a non-denominational organization out of Dallas, Texas. That was where my official ordination took place. And then I worked with Open Bible and Assembly of God. And then um, uh, after going back to school in Florida, I then moved to Minneapolis, where I was a pastor of a uh, pioneering the church in the Twin Cities, and I, I was a pastor for seven years. And then I was, uh, after that, a pastor in Dayton, Ohio, for five years. Oh, wow. And then, then right. I came back after that. And then you came back. Okay. Yeah. So what was, the, what was the biggest thing that brought you back? You know, the biggest thing that brought me back was that uh, I, had a, I had a little bit of an advantage over some of my colleagues who were pastors of these types of independent charismatic churches in that I, I really studied heavily. I mean, really, really studied. And I didn't, I didn't just study, you know, the, the, the people on TV and radio. I, I looked at the Church Fathers. And mm-hmm. as I got deep into the Church Fathers, I started to recognize that there were common denominators in that early Church that were simply absent from my Church and my experience, such as um, the papacy, you know, um, the, the, in Hebrew, the al-habayit, the one who is over the household as like a prime minister. Now, that, wasn't, that wasn't my experience in my independent charismatic Church, but it was historically um, part of the church, there was a prime minister, the pope, yeah. and so I that bothered me a little bit, and I started to look, you know, who has that today? And of course, it's the Catholics, and mm-hmm. well, that's uh, I'm not, that's not an option for me. So then, the second thing was the Blessed Mother, the um, the one who is the, the queen of the kingdom in David's time, and after that. Uh, I that wasn't a part of our experience, but I knew that that was Catholic. The Eucharist was the third one, and, the, and then uh, you know we had communion at our church, but it was just a piece of bread and it was a memory. It wasn't really the body and blood of God. And then the fourth was the concept of the Word of God being Scripture and sacred tradition. We, of course, were sola scriptura, sola fide, faith alone and Scripture alone. But that wasn't the experience of the early Church. And so I was faced with this decision of, you know, what am I going to do? The Church that I'm pastoring currently does not, does not have any of the main platforms or main concepts that the early Church did. So this brought about a little bit of a crisis of faith, actually more than a little bit. But, uh, and that made me really dig, dig deeper, and I started to look into the charismatic Episcopal Church, and um, because they had a lot of this, and I didn't know enough at the, at the time to know that I should just go all the way back to Rome. So I started looking into it, and I flew to Kansas City, and I was interviewed by the bishop there to become part of this uh, Episcopal Church as a priest. And there was a book on the table there, and that book was called, by Dr. Howard, it was called uh, Evangelical is Not Enough. Is that and Thomas Howard? Yeah, Thomas Howard, yep. yeah. Okay, that's good. And I read it, and it convicted me, and then at the very end of the book, he says, I'm thinking he's Episcopal. At the very end of the book, he says, I wrote this book in this year, and then this year I converted to the Roman Catholic Church, and I thought, what? And that was in the so Charismatic I, Episcopal office? Yes, it was on the book table. <laughs> this it was is on hilarious. the book table right, right there uh, in the, uh, as you leave church, they have a big book table, you can buy books and stuff, and and it was uh, it was there. And incidentally, the bishop that interviewed me 
was disappointed that I didn't come into the Episcopal Church, but about five years later, he became Roman Catholic. Yeah, wow. It's, Bishop that's Sly. The... Bishop Randall Sly is his name. He's just a great guy. And he's, and so he was, he was he's a bishop in the Catholic Church now? join his group, but he ended up becoming Catholic, and he's a, he's a priest today. He's a priest. Washington. Oh, wow. Praise the Lord. This is amazing. Now, Jeff, I have a question. So, I mean, right now— um, and you, uh, so, you know, we're experiencing, I, I believe a real renewal of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the Catholic church, but there's a lot of young adult Catholics, I think that are experiencing what you experienced where they're not seeing the miracles, the signs and the wonders right now. And they're kind of looking elsewhere. And, um, it seems like that was part of your experience, but I mean, what would you say to someone that's, um, not content with, or, you know, dissatisfied with their experience in the Catholic Church and might be looking um, other uh, elsewhere right now? Just as, as an aside, what would you say to them? Well, what I would say is, I number one, I understand where you're, <clears throat> where you're coming from, because I felt that way at, at one time. But over the years, I've learned a very, very important principle, and that is that you can, you can become a paper convert to Catholicism. That means that you buy books and tapes and you listen to Catholic radio, you listen to Catholic podcasts, you watch television and so forth, and you make an intellectual decision that you are going to, you're going to be Catholic, okay? So, you know, yay, I'm Catholic, you know, we got the answers, and I can, I can debate now, you know, and all that. The problem with that is that is only half of the equation. To have faith, according to Pope Benedict, and the Catechism talks about this, is that uh, it's it's two-sided. One is intellectual assent. In other words, yes, I agree with the creed, and I agree with the councils, and I agree with the teachings of John Paul II and so forth. And yes, I'm, I'm all in as Catholic. The second aspect of it that, that Pope Benedict brings out is a personal entrusting of yourself to Jesus, which means you go beyond intellectual assent. You're a disciple now. You follow him. You do what he did, and you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Damn. Any faith, whether it's Baptist, Presbyterian, whether it is Lutheran or Methodist, whatever group that is, if all you're going to do is make mental assent to what they believe, eventually you're going to face spiritual boredom. And it's not, going to be, it's not something that you're going to want to spend your life you know, engaged in. Mm-hmm. But to follow the living God, the second person of the Trinity, day in and day out, and to hear his voice as he's continuing his mission by giving you people to pray for, or to love, or to, to do something different, that's where, that's the great adventure, I like to call, I like to call it the great adventure. That is, that's where it's at. And you don't get bored. I've never known anybody to follow Jesus day in and day out, and at the end of the day, yawn and say, man, is this boring. <laughs> That's that not is so happen. good. So, so, I, I, so the person that's you know kind of on the bubble there, I'd say that give Jesus a chance and become his disciple, not just a student, but become his disciple, and you will enter into an adventure that can only be sustained by the Eucharist, uh, as, as far as grace and power. And if you're going to walk as a modern day disciple, you need the fullness of the Spirit and everything. Uh, baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, uh, confession. You need all of this if you're really going to walk the walk of Christ, or you're going to get hammered. You're going you're to get beat up, and uh, you're going to become discouraged, and uh, you're going to become a paper convert. So, Wow, that's so good. Wow. So you ended up coming back to the Church, 
um, through this process. Thank you, Episcopals, for having good books. And, uh, <laughs> and then, um, what was the next? What was the next move? Uh, well, after that, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do uh, because I had given my notice at my church, and they thought I was a little off the off the rocker, you know, as far as you're going to be what? You're going to be Catholic? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm going to be returning to the Catholic Church. And I didn't know quite what to do at that point, and I, I ended up getting together with Bishop Paul Dudley in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, who was my childhood parish priest before he became bishop. And I met with him, and, and his co-judor at the time was Bishop Bob Carlson, who is in St. Louis now. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. we, we spent a couple days together, the three of us, talking, and and they 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 kind of concluded that, Jeff, you, you need to go back and we want you to get a uh, Catholic degree this time. So they suggested Franciscan University. <clears throat> it was at that time that I became friends with Scott Hahn and Marcus Grody, and Scott and I uh, became the best of friends, you know, right away. And I, I ended up going to Franciscan University to get my graduate degree. And at the same time, they asked me to teach scripture to undergrads using the Great Adventure. And uh, and it was about uh, two years after that. Mother Angelica got a hold of me, and I went on her show and told my story. And she offered me to do a, uh, asked me if I would do a 13-week show for EWTN. And I said, yes, absolutely, right there on the live show. I said, yes, and that that show ended up becoming Our Father's Plan that Scott Hahn and I did, uh, which is the longest-running show from what I understand people have been telling me. And then after, after, after that live show with Mother she came over to me and said, would you pray about moving here and starting your own show for young adults? And I, I prayed about it, and that ended up becoming um, Life on the Rock. And wow. Life on the Rock was the show that I did for six years, and I was Mother's substitute and also her partner on her show when she wasn't uh, feeling the best on um, Mother's two shows during the week. So my six years at EWTN were life-changing for me. Uh, I was very uh, great, you know, grateful for, for EWTN and Mother Angelica and what, you know, what part they played in my story and coming back to the church. And without them, I don't think that uh, I don't think that the great adventure uh, that we have today, which is thousands of parishes, <clears throat> I don't think it would be what it is. Oh yeah, I spent nine years in uh, parish youth ministry, and from the beginning, we were using these tools, and it's just transformed both adults, families, youth to have a greater love for Scripture, and like everything, Jeff, what you were talking about earlier, I've seen that manifest through this, and like, the, I, I love it, you had a prophetic, you left the church, and then you received this beautiful prophetic word from this bishop that didn't see, he didn't see the you know, the, the Saul, the, you know, or the, he didn't see the Saul. He saw the potential Paul in you, and he called that out. I'm so thankful for the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that were operating there and just to see it manifest in your life. But, Jeff, we have about 10 minutes left, and I want to talk about, um, before we go to break, um, just tell us about the mission right now. What is God having you do right now um, through your teaching, through your, 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 uh, your, your speaking and different things? What are you sure. most excited about? Well, a couple things I'm most excited about. One is certainly scripture study, which I've been involved in now for over 40 years with the Great Adventure Bible Study. And the Great Adventure Bible Study is unique in that we introduce the entire plan of salvation history to to people who don't even read the Bible. And within within literally days, they get their, their, their minds around the whole story. 
And uh, when I taught this at Franciscan University, uh, <clears throat> I still get comments. And this is 20-some years. You know, I still get comments from parents that will say, that was the most significant thing my, my child experienced at the university was how to read the Bible. So the Great Adventure Studies now are going all over the world. It's in thousands of parishes, and really thrilled about that. And in, in along with that, just a couple of weeks ago, in fact, uh, we have the introduction now of the of the Great Adventure Bible, and that now is is available wow. to people. And we have taken the Great Adventure chart. We've taken the whole pedagogy of of the Great Adventure color system, and it's now. Uh, put into a Bible, and so it's the first Bible that I know of where you can actually learn from that Bible how to read the Bible, and how do you read it in in a narrative way, in chronological order. So this new Bible that just just came out, uh, you're one of the first radio shows that have yes. heard about it, you know? Uh, so it's very, very exciting. We're getting incredible reviews. We've worked with some great scholars like Dr. Mary Healy from Sacred Heart, in mm-hmm. Detroit, Dr. Peter Williamson, uh, we w- we worked with him, and he's o- he's also over at uh, at Sacred Heart. And yeah, you Dr. just named Andrew Dr. Healy's uh, one of the advisors to our ministry school. She's amazing, and yeah, we love all of those teachers at Sacred Heart uh, at Sacred Heart Major. This is incredible. Where where can you find this book? Is it on Amazon or is it just a, on your website? Yeah, you get it at Ascension Press, AscensionPress.com. Okay, and, so we get guys, great, listeners, you got to go to AscensionPress.com. Uh, in order to order this thing. And um, I also see on your website, jeffcavens.com, there's a video uh, explaining it right now. So listeners, you can go yeah, to jeffcavens.com to learn about it too. <laughs> and the other thing that I'm really excited about is something we mentioned earlier, and that is I've got a new book coming out this fall called The Activated Disciple. And uh, in that, I'm not going to go into all this theory. Uh, you know, I'm kind of done with that. It's, it's, it's uh, I'm gonna, in the book. I talk about how do you actually become an activated disciple? How do you how do you live that that way? And so it's a book, and then it's followed by a 40 day uh, journey. 40 day, if you want to call it experiment, and call it an experiment where I'm challenging people to act like a disciple for 40 days and, and try it on, and and every wow. day act like he is really with you, and that you can hear his voice through Scripture and through the Holy Spirit, and that He has a mission for you. So we're really excited about this. It's going to be launched shortly. It's called The Activated Disciple, and that's also through Ascension. And I love that, I love that, that term, The Activated Disciple, because in, in, in our baptism and sacraments and in, in our faith, we have the potency, like St. Thomas talks about, but it has to be activated. We have to actually step out in faith. And so I've seen just in, in in the ministry that we've been doing that it's 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 the teaching, but then the what changes people is bringing them and challenging them to activate that. And so, do you have like um, like challenges that you have people do or or activations within the book? Yeah, yeah. We what we do is try to help you craft a life, and that is you uh, do lexio divina, uh, spend time listening to the voice of God uh, for what He has for you. You know that day. And throughout the day, we're, we're teaching about situational awareness. How do you strike up conversations with people? How is the Holy Spirit going to speak to you uh, to, for example, go up and talk to someone who has a tattoo on their arm? And How do you strike up a conversation? So I'm, I'm constantly 
stepping out of the boat and, and following what I believe to be the leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And in so many cases, you know, it, that's exactly what was happening, is the Lord wanted me to talk to to somebody, and also to uh, to step out of the boat and pray with people. Um, you know, one of the beautiful things in, in the book that I'm really proud of is the chapter on the charisma. And we talk about, you know, you everyone has coffee with their their their, uh, their Keurig machine, and we talk about uh, give people a cup of kerygma, which is the basic <laughs> proclamation yes. of the gospel. It's the basic proclamation of the gospel. And listen, it's so simple. And here's the deal: is that people they don't share Christ with other people because they don't feel like they have the answers or they're going to get caught, you know, with an intellectual question. But the, the, the Church has told us, and three times it says in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit confirmed the message. Now, what's the message? The message isn't fancy. The message is God loves you and has a plan for your life. Number two, sin has disrupted this plan in such a major way. Number three, the good news, Jesus has died for us. And what we are called to do now is to repent, or as the Catechism says, reorient our lives to Christ, and to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit and join His Church where the source of grace can be found. So when I, when I share Christ with someone, I don't have another message, and I have to learn how to make that charisma a part of my regular conversation so it doesn't sound yes. tacky, you know, or something. And, and what I find out is <clears throat> that as I'm sharing Christ with people, the Holy Spirit is confirming the message. So the problem that many Catholics have, and the reason they don't share Christ with people, is because they feel like they also have to confirm the message in the person's heart. they gotta, they got to drive this thing home. You know, no, that's the Holy Spirit's right. job. And you don't. The Holy Spirit yeah. does it. The Holy Spirit is very capable of convicting people who hear the message that God loves you and has a plan for your life. And I'll give you an I example, a Protestant so. example, of one man who made his entire 70-year ministry nothing but this. His name was Billy Graham. Yep. And Billy Graham would, would be in a stadium filled with doctors, lawyers, teachers, homemakers, and what did he do? He would simply say, God loves you and has a plan for your life. And, and what's the Holy Spirit doing? Convicting hearts, and thousands come up to receive Christ. And then he's and leading this, them to respond to that, not just to think about it like the Athenians, we'll hear about this another time, but to, right. you know, to, to respond right there. And, and what, what were to happen if we actually did that in our daily life? I'm, Jeff, I'm so excited about this book, the activated disciple. This is going to be awesome. And when is it? When, and it comes out soon. Yeah, it's coming out. I think um, September or beginning of October, somewhere in there. Yeah. Great. Praise the Lord. This is so good. Um, oh my. Yeah. Well, Jeff, we, we only have a, a few minutes left, but um, I'm just I'm so thankful for for your ministry. Um, how can how can listeners learn about like uh, what you do? And you still do a lot of speaking, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're bringing Jeff in for um, for our encounter conference. Um, so how can people can learn about you? Is it through JeffCavens dot com? Yeah, JeffCavens dot com. Uh, same thing for Twitter, um, and then um, almost all of my material, Bible studies, the Bible, and so forth, are with Ascension Ascension uh, Press. But, yeah, and as Facebook, it's Jeff Cavins. So just the name doesn't is, change. <laughs> this is so good. Before we get a break, um, I, I'm just I want to kind of pray a little bit. 
Um, in John 16, Jesus says, it's better that I go. If, if I don't go, you won't receive the Holy Spirit. When, you, when, when he comes, he's going to do three things. He's going to con- convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And he said concerning sin because they don't believe. And so when we're, when we're sharing the gospel with people, like, like you said, that Jesus loves you. He died for you. He rose. He wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit, and he wants you to. He wants. He has a plan for your life now and and eternal life um, right now. So, if there's anyone listening right now that is um, that has never considered this good news that simply Jesus wants to be a part of your life, we just want you to just pray with us right now. Um, Jesus, I give you permission to come into my heart. Jesus, I I, I I invite you to. I want to encounter you and to know you and to know the amazing plan that you have for my life. So all you have to do is make that uh, make that invitation in your heart, and Jesus is going to do the rest. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to convict anyone that's on the fence in terms of doubt and unbelief, that you convict them that you are so good, that you are true, that you are the only way to the Father. And we just pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, yeah, uh, we're going to take a break right now. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna just recap a, a lot of the themes that were brought up right now. You're listening to Encounter, a co-production of Saint Gabriel Radio, EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We'll be back in a minute. Hey guys, this is Dan Dimite from Encounter Radio. Listen, we all know there's a crisis in our faith. Youth are falling away from the Catholic Church faster than ever before. They are disengaged and lack passion. In order to bring revival to the Catholic Church in America, myself and others have started the country's fastest-growing Catholic camp called Catholic Youth Summer Camp. We offer week-long residential camps for middle school and high school-age students that foster a high-adventure faith, a faith that is deep, contagious, and joy-filled. Your kids will have a blast paintballing and ziplining. They will get to grow in confidence and bravery on our high ropes course. But more importantly... They will find themselves in a truly Catholic environment with daily catechesis that awakens faith and empowers them to live life in the Holy Spirit. Your children will come home from camp having encountered the love of Jesus and excited to go to Mass in adoration. This summer, invest in your child's faith development. Camp will sell out, so register today at CYSC.com. That's CYSC.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Encounter, the show that just brought you a life-changing encounter of an ordinary person that brought them into a life of an extraordinary mission. Dan, what do you think about Jeff? Oh, man. Yeah, that was just such a beautiful testimony. And I just love how the Lord has worked um, just throughout his life in such simple yet profound ways, right? That like, it was just this... um, it was just this journey. It was really a journey. And the bishop had spoken a prophetic word into his life, which has planted a seed for God to move in a powerful way. I think the the aspect of his testimony that I loved the most was that story of him in, in, the, in his college hallway. And I can just like visualize this, right? Where he was so um, enthralled by the scriptures that he couldn't even get up to go to class. Like, and so, and you know, there was like a moment where like, okay, so I, I, I went to school and I was there and I was in the hallway. His intention was to go to class, but like there was something that just like, it was like he was just devouring the scriptures. And I just think it was a pure gift, right? Like that this isn't, it was just like a pure gift of the Holy Spirit poured out um, for him to fall deeper and deeper in love with God's word. It's, uh, and I just, I want that gift to fall upon all of us, right? That we would just Amen. have this like gift that would pour out that 
I, I hear a lot like, oh man, like, I don't know. I think sometimes we treat prayer like a requirement and like uh, that we have to pray. And like, you don't I, say. I never, I never like say to myself like, dang it, I have to go home and have like uh, dinner with my family or man, I have to take my wife out on a date. <laughs> like when I love someone, I want to spend time with them. Like it's enjoyable. And it's, it's like the joy of your life to spend time with those whom you love. And, and I think that, that just that prayer time with the Lord, when you're with them in scripture and you're hearing his voice, like, Lord, I just pray right now that you would just allow that uh, love and intimacy to be released on our audience, that they would just fall so deeply in love with you uh, that their mm-hmm. time in prayer would just like, it, it, time would cease and they would just get lost with you in intimacy. Come Holy Spirit, pour out oh. that special mm. gift that Jeff, what Jeff received when he was in college, that hunger, that fire for scripture. Lord, I pray that you would put that on our listeners' hearts right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Whoa, Holy Ghost word. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Um, so I'm going to suggest to our listeners too, if prayer feels like um, a, a, a list or a, that duty, you're not doing it right. You're not actually praying. You're doing something spiritual. I don't think you're connecting with God. How can you connect with God and not get filled up, Dan? Mm, mm. I mean, I think it's possible to, to connect with maybe a different spirit. <laughs> um, watch out demons. but um, Or it's just possible that you're kind of in your own thoughts. Yeah, that's and, a um, that's not a, actually connecting. It's a great point, Patrick. How would you, if so, if a listener is listening, they're confused because, like, well, I just am experiencing a lot of dryness in prayer right now. And, like, yeah, how I'm would... going to say that they're demonized. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking to myself, like, hmm, how am I going to correct that? <laughs> Patrick, what just happened to our show? <laughs> <laughs> Demons everywhere. <laughs> You're all possessed. No, okay. Yeah. No, no, I, no, it's, it's, it's really, really simple. It's, um, it really has to start in faith of, of who God is. And I, I, I'm going to say three things and then an activation. It's number one, Jesus, he promised that, uh, and he actually taught that I'm the good shepherd and you're my sheep, my sheep hear my voice. So it's just part of your spiritual DNA to hear Jesus's voice and his name is, uh, is word of God. And so it's not like he doesn't talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think most of the time, Although it can feel like God's not talking, the issue is not with God not talking. It's with us stepping out and actually listening. And he's always speaking. It's a matter of becoming aware of how he speaks. And number two, if you're baptized, uh, you have the baptism of Jesus. And what happened in Jesus' baptism? Boom. Heaven is opened over Jesus. Holy Spirit descended and remained upon him. And he was able to hear his father's voice. And, that you know, there's no closed heaven over Jesus everywhere he went. He had that reality of an open heaven of the dove upon him, Holy Spirit, and uh, an intimate connection with his Father. And we have that same thing. And then thirdly, um, it's dialogue. It's literally, I think, as simple as asking and expecting to receive, and that we receive in our spirit. And so I think, if anything, just tell God, like, God, I am having trouble. I don't feel like I'm hearing your voice. Please bring me to a place, bring me to a people that can show me how to hear your voice. Rabbi. What does rabbi mean, Dan? Teacher. Yeah. So they're like part of the the church's job is to teach people um, how to connect to the Father. And like just like Jesus did, he taught them how to pray. He taught them that form prayer of the Our Father, but he taught them what it looked like and he modeled it. He spent time in prayer. And so it's literally pressing in. And it's like this. Um, when you when you 
go into conversation with God and you believe those things, he's not going to not talk to you. That's a double negative, meaning he's going to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, you like that? I, I, yeah, and I think we have to set ourselves up like our expectations for prayer. So, like, if our expectation for prayer is right now, I'm going into a place where I'm going, I'm, I'm walking into the presence of God, and I'm going to allow the presence of God to fill me and nourish me, and, um, and that I'm, I'm entering into this profound conversation with, like you said, with the Word of God. Like I am, I am conversing right now with the word of God. And, and just if, if our expectation is, um, is that we are, we're walking into a time of encounter, we are moving towards this time of, of being in God's presence. Like, I think it's like prayer should be seen as, as my time in front of the beatific vision, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm moving into, into the chambers of heaven, right? And I'm sitting before the throne of God and I'm asking the fullness of God's presence to fill me in, in, and to come to me. And then I'm also giving, like, I'm just before him allowing my life to be given to him. And, and so our time of prayer is not a, um, a, an, an obligation or a duty that we have to do so that someday we can get to heaven. Our time of prayer is our foretaste of heaven here and now, right? Thy kingdom come, mm-hmm. thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying with that expectation that I'm approaching God the Father, our Father, I'm approaching Him with that expectation that He's going to show up and be there with me. That's so good. But I think what it comes down to, and this is key in Jeff's story, is passion. That unless you have that desperation, that passion, you know, it's nothing's going to manifest. And what what did the um, what did that bishop say? He kind of pointed out, like, you know, he saw the his passion for God's presence. He saw his passion for the, you know, for the word to see the book of Acts come alive. And he knew that that passion for truth, that passion for God's presence, that passion for evangelization was going to lead him there. So if you have that, that loved one that's away from the church, don't, don't try and put out their flame and, you know, point out the errors. I would, I would suggest to you to encourage them in their passion for the truth, for the presence, with the confidence that if we really believe that there's fullness of truth and presence, do we have to be worried? Does there have to be any fear? It's not seeing that passion that would scare me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to encourage our listeners, if you're have, um, if you if you're getting a word from the Lord about someone's life like that bishop was, speak it over them. Like, what if what if the bishop didn't speak that over Jeff's life? Would I don't know if um, <clears throat> all the fruit that has come out of his life would have come, you know? Like, so we want to make sure that we are docile enough to the Holy Spirit that we can speak the truth that the Holy Spirit gives to us about another person's life. Yeah, that's so good. Well, you're I listening. Wanna, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I want to pray. You, you, you pray. Yeah, okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we amen. just pray that you would release... Um, heaven's treasures upon our children right now that listen to this show, that you would allow them to be filled with uh, peace, hope, and joy. I pray for passion to fall over them. I pray that you would fill them with prophetic words and an apostolic boldness that they would be able to go out and share those prophetic words with others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on Encounter. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio, EW10 Radio, and carried across the EW10 Global Catholic Radio Network. To learn more about us or our show, go to EncounterRadio.org. That's EncounterRadio.org. Thanks so much and have a blessed day.